You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. What is the importance of the Sabbath? Learn more about rest in this message by Pastor Edre Kanda. Today, uh, we're continuing our series called Thank God It's Monday. And for the past few uh, weeks, we've been basically talking about the beauty of work. And in by working, we're worshiping God. And so, we're going to be changing this a little bit today as we talk about, since we've been talking about work, we've been talking about Monday, we're going to be talking about something else today. Okay, so after working, after uh, um, worshiping God through our work, we're going to be talking about, thank God, it's Sabbath or Saturday. Speaking of Saturday, as I've mentioned, I'm the, uh, we have a, we actually have two youth services now, every Saturday. I just want to update, um, and uh, yesterday, we had, uh, we had a youth service at 1 o'clock, and we had a youth service at 3 o'clock also, and um, we just opened up a series called Campus Life Hacks, Things I Wish I Knew When I Was a Freshman, and just yesterday, we've been hitting about 1,000, we've been um, gathering about more than 1,000 students here, and it's been, uh, God, God's been really faithful with our ministry. We started from about 100 students a couple of years ago, God was able to grow it into about a th- more than a thousand students. For the past three weeks, we've been hitting that mark. And uh, just yesterday, I think we have about 80 students who came to Christ. It was an awesome sight. Like this aisle filled up with students. It was, it was awesome. Um, really gets me pumped up to do ministry and to do work. Uh, but speaking of work, and the, uh, we're going to be talking about the other spectrum of that, which is Sabbath. Uh, you know, we're talking about Sabbath. Growing up, there, there are so many things that we look forward to. You know, I, I look forward to, especially when I watch movies, I always watch the trailers. Right? We, we like to catch up with the trailers, not just the movie. But it's mostly because I want to see the movies I want to be looking forward to. You know, I'm excited for Star Wars this December. Um, just th- that's me. I'm, 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 I'm a geek. My, no, my, my wife knows that. I usually, I'm usually in Wikia and... Um, Comic book updates. If there's a movie coming out that's from a comic book, I'm there. I'd always tell her, "Hun, we have to watch a movie." Uh, and uh, so I look forward to those things. Or maybe for some of you, it's a TV series. You look forward to it. For some of us, looking forward, we look forward to events. Say it's a birthday. You know, we're, look, we're looking forward to our uh, to our thirtieth birthday, thirty first birthday, or a birthday of our friend. We look forward to those events, or a holiday, or whatever kind of event. And some of us, we, do, we look forward to other things. But, you know, remember, um, I, re- would, I would remember growing up as a student, one of the things I always look forward to the week is the weekend. As, as students, um, we'll study. I hated Monday during that time. As a student, you, if you have a child, you'd understand it. You'd understand how the process goes every morning, every Monday morning, where your child has to be woken up and be told that they have to go to school. They're sluggish. They don't want to go. They're like, ah, do I have to go to school? Why do I have to go to school? So I was, like, I was pretty much like that growing up. My mom's here also. She knows that. And uh, you know, before I met Christ, before Jesus came into my life, I was sluggish. I hated Mondays. But we've been talking about how you know, we should be thankful for Mondays. But then, my head would go and fast forward to the Friday. In fact, Thursday night, I'm already excited for the Friday because I know that's the, the next day, it's my last day of class for the week. So I'm excited. I, I wake up pumped up. I, I have more energy. Um, 
it's as if my the, the, the schedule for my school that time would really pass by so quick because I am looking forward to the weekend. And we all, most of us, do look forward to the weekend or the time that work is done, school is done because we like to rest. You know, there are so many things that we want to do. We want to have fun. We don't want to work for, that particular, for those days. But you know, as we go through and talk about Sabbath, the weekends or the Sabbath or the Saturday or the Sunday is actually a biblical thing. The reason why we're doing that. It's not just a tradition. It's not just imposed by, law, by our local, you know, by the, by the governing law of this country. It is actually also biblical. And we're going to be looking at that today as we go with, into our series. But my prayer is, as we talk about Sabbath, we're not just going to see it as, okay, it's a special day to not work. It's a special day to, to rest. As I mentioned, it's biblical, meaning it has a deeper root and it has a deeper meaning. And by ex, um, excavating it, we're going to be uh, digging in through the, into the meaning, really, of Sabbath. My prayer is that not only do we understand it, but we will appreciate what Sabbath really means for us. And so if you guys are ready, can you, can you please stand up with me? We're going to be reading from Genesis 1, 31 to Genesis 2. Verse 3, Genesis one thirty one. it says here, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. And in uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. God rested, okay? Uh, on the seventh day for all his work that he had done, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, that you open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our eyes, God, so that or whatever it is that you want to minister to us, God, let it, let it sink in our hearts. Let us remember, God, and let us really munch on, God, Lord, the, the beauty and the, the majesty of your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If this is the first time you're reading this text, um, what's happening here is this is the story of creation. God, for six days, he created, he, he created the light, he created earth, he created animals, and he created Adam and Eve. And after that, after seeing everything that he did, after, um, after finishing his creation, he said on the seventh day, since it was all good, I will rest, God said. So this is what's happening here. And on the seventh day, because of this, now we had the tradition in, during the Old Testament for, from, the, from, our, you know, from our forefathers, where they started a tradition, Leviticus 23.3, it says here, six days shall, shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation, you shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling place. Now, from a tradition, this translated into a religion. Where, in fact, in Israel, they would have um, every Sabbath day, they would have, because they cannot really do any work. In fact, you'd, you'd see this particular um, trace of tradition in, in the Bible. They cannot pick up anything that has fallen. They cannot, in, in, they have a Sabbath elevator where it stops on every floor. Because they cannot push the buttons, because they consider it work. And to live 
And to consider Sabbath as that is to live in the Old, Old Testament. Okay? To, 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 be ser- to, um, to be so serious on particular details or the religious rules of Sabbath, that is living according to the way uh, our forefathers were living in the Old Testament. It's not how Jesus taught it. In fact, in the Bible, you'd see Jesus questioning the Pharisees and he would pick up some, something, he would, he would work, he would heal someone on a Sabbath. So now we're looking at, we're now in the New Testament, but we're looking at the, this, this particular tradition that the, our forefathers started, but at the same time, we have traditions that we're doing based on how Christ did it. In fact, we're going to be going through that for some background. In fact, what we're doing now, some are saying Sabbath is a Saturday. Some are saying, oh, it's a Sunday. It doesn't really matter. Um, if, if I'm too religious on what day it is, then I'm living on, uh, in the Old Testament. It's an Old Testament way of living in the Sabbath. So regardless if it's a Saturday or it's a Sunday or it's a Monday or whatnot, but what we're doing, by tradition, we're doing it on a Sunday. And in fact, um, the traditions that we do every Sunday came actually from the example that Jesus Christ showed. In fact, the very first worship that happened after Jesus Christ died on the cross, lived again, he resurrected, Matthew 28, 1, 9. It says here, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up to him and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. That's why we're worshipping before we preach, before we, we preach the word. We're worshipping God. We're honoring him. We're thanking him for everything that he's done. But not only that, after the first worship, we have the first preaching. This is also after the resurrection of Christ. Luke 24, 25, 27, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? This is a preaching. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he in- interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, meaning Jesus. And at the same time, what we did earlier, the first communion happened after Christ. Luke twenty four thirty. it says here, When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. This was after the resurrection. And they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. So this is a picture of what we do. The act of what we do in a Sabbath day, meaning a Sunday where we're having a break. But I believe there's more to this Sabbath thing than that. There's more to this Sabbath thing than the traditions that we're used to. And that's actually what we're going to be looking at. What is Sabbath for us today? What would it mean? Every time we talk about Sabbath, what is it? Is it just having a break for the week? Is it just not working for the day? Is it just a day that we have time for leisure? What is Sabbath for us today? What is the biblical way of celebrating Sabbath? Or what is it really all about? And I wrote here, the very first word I want you guys to write down if you're taking down notes. It's, it's holy. Holy. Why is it holy? Genesis 2.3 says here, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Now, ito po yung first time. This was the first time that the word holy appeared in the Bible. Very, very first time. And in it, when we talk about holy, we usually use the word holy when it comes to tithes and offering. Because holy is to set apart, to separate. And that's right. In fact, um, when every time I would hear the word holy, I'm all for healthy eating. Okay? 
Pero sometimes, there are times that I would need comfort food. There are times, even, even if we're dieting or we're, you know, we're, we're having a fast, there would, sometimes I would look forward to the day that I would be able to eat comfort foods. My personal comfort food book is this. I love it. Every time I would eat fried chicken, okay, the last thing I would eat is the skin. I would make sure to separate the skin from all the parts of the fried chicken, put it aside, and then eat the meat and whatever first, and then before I go to the actual skin. Because I'm setting it apart. In fact, it is so holy to me <laughs> that there was a time I told my mom, you will not eat that. <laughs> In fact, I'm still negotiating with my wife now. <laughs> she, she asked me, even me? I can't touch the chicken skin? I'm like, I love you. I married you. But this is holy to me. <laughs> But of course, it's just chicken skin, you know. I can give it away. But, you know, for me, every time I would eat chicken, that I, I look forward to the chicken skin. I would, I, I'm not really into the meat. It's like, it's bland for me every time I would eat it. But I would eat it anyway because I am looking forward to the one that I separated, which is very special, which is the chicken skin. So in the same way, when we talk about holy and separate, it's, it's like that. For God to call something holy say the Sabbath, it's something that He separated, but at the same time, it's something for us to separate. But it doesn't end with just the word separate. To, 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 to say holy, it also actually means to elevate. You're not just separating, you're putting it in a special status. So when we're saying Sabbath, when we're celebrating Sabbath, I'm talking about just the day here first. Okay? So there is a day in the week that we are separating, meaning I will not work for this time, but not just not work, but it, to elevate it. Meaning, during my Sabbath, I will be doing something special because it is holy. In fact, that's why we have this worship service. That's why we, have, we gather together and listen to the Word. We worship God. We're able to, you know, we should worship God on our own time. We should have, you know, we should have our quiet times on our own time. But when we gather together and worship God collectively, something else, you know, something different, something amazing, something awesome happens. I'm excited always for our youth service. That's one of the things I look forward to in my week. To be able to see young students, to just really cry out to God and disciple people. It's, it's an amazing time for me. So not only am I separating it, I'm elevating the, this particular Sabbath. And the same time for us. Is it to, 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 to think of it as just a rest day or this today I'm just not going to work, I'm just going to chill. That's fine, we all need to rest. But to elevate it means, Lord, I am dedicating this day for you. This day belongs to you. And whatever I do for that day, Lord, this belongs to you. So that's what it means to be holy, that the Sabbath is holy. So not only that, when we talk about Sabbath, so we separate it and we elevate it. Sabbath is this word, rest. In Genesis 2, 2-3, the verse mentioned, He rested and God rested. I was thinking about that, God rested. Because for us, when we talk about resting, that's why it's hard to wake up in the morning. <laughs> it's like, I'm resting. We rest because we, we get tired. Okay? We rest because we... 
we, we lose strength. That's why we take time to sleep, to rest, to, to relax. But now, I, I, if, every time I would be looking at this verse, God rested. Parang, ba si God? Is God tired? Why would He rest? Why would He mention it in the Bible that He rested? Why is it so important that the writer of Genesis should put down, God rested? He rested. That on the seventh day, God stopped from everything that He's doing and He just rested. And I believe it's more than that. Because, I mean, that's God. Why would He rest? He, he doesn't need any rest. In fact, for us, we need to rest. We definitely need to rest. In fact, I've, I've heard about this report that in Japan, just, just yesterday or two days ago, it's now illegal to not take vacations. Because a lot of them will not take vacation leaves. For, for apparently, it became a culture where they have to work hard. And death increased because of overworking. In fact, some of them would die on their, um, on their office tables. Just like die right there because of overworking. So now the government is requiring them to rest. But at the same time, it is definitely, not just, physically, we need to rest. Physically, we need to understand that our body cannot work overtime, cannot overwork itself. So we need to rest. So that's physical. Now, when God says He's resting, what does that mean? Genesis 1.31, it says here, God saw all that He has made, and behold, it was very good. Now, why would God rest? I believe the reason for that, when we talk about God resting, it's not because He got tired. If you see, if you look at this verse again, it says here, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In other words, what God experienced was a satisfaction. He experienced a certain satisfaction and he said, It's finished. I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy my creation. So when I talk about rest, I'm not just talking about physical rest, I'm talking about the word satisfaction. Satisfaction, to rest in the peace of God. To find ourselves in that time where we're saying, thank you. I'm satisfied. And we're all looking for satisfaction. Right? The reason why we're working, the reason why you know, we, we celebrate or we, we hang out with our friends, the reason why we would buy certain gadgets, the reason why we would get this and we would get that, the reason why we would acquire so many things, the reason why we would like to meet a lot of people, the reason why we dress up, the reason why we do so many things is motivated by that need to be satisfied. And yet, we're never really satisfied. I was preaching this in the youth yesterday in the book of Ecclesiastes. We are never satisfied. But God said to rest. This particular Sabbath is to be in satisfaction. And God was satisfied. And I would, I would look back at this word and talk about satisfaction. When everything that we're in, it's as if satisfaction is not available. Eh? In fact, some of you came here in church with chaos in your mind. You know, you, you know alam niyo po yung mga panahon na ganun? Yung parang, um, one morning you wake up, there's a certain issue, whether it's at work, or someone's sick, or there's an issue between relationships uh, with, your, you know, with, your, with your sister, or with your son, or whatnot. And then, 
that particular issue isn't solved yet, and then you'd hear another one, and apparently something's happening in school with your daughter, naganto, na office nangyayari, and then the other one isn't solved yet, here comes another issue, and then another issue would happen, and something's happening at work, something's happening in your business, and you know, finances, you're starting to lose finances, and it's one issue after another, na hindi na natatapos, tapos hindi pa tapos yung unang issue, may pang apat na naman, naganto, yung, yung si tatay mo nagkasakit, si nanay mo nagaganto, tapos parang, and, and everything just started happening and all of a sudden you find yourself I'm in my fourth issue already the first one isn't done yet and now I'm in my fourth and then you realize you read the news that the earth is about to end that there's an earthquake in Metro Manila di parang Lord ayoko na chaos the first issue isn't done yet when will I rest and it's tiring sometimes I would catch myself and in fact I believe this preaching is for me also. I would catch myself overthinking things with all the chaos that's happening in the world, and I'll be like, Lord, tamana. But satisfaction, God said, to rest is to experience satisfaction. To rest is to experience peace. That even in the midst of chaos, even, even in the midst of sickness, some of you are worried about your finances, where you're going to get your finances for this particular sickness, whether dialysis or pang, it, it, it's cancer and whatnot, and your head is filled with, where will I get this? How will I provide for this? I don't know. I'm going to work. I have to work double time and do this. And your mind is filled with, you know, with, with so many things and of chaos and whatnot. And you're, you're saying this and this and this, but God's saying, if, as soon as you enter my Sabbath, as in the moment that you enter, the moment that you understand what this rest is all about, that means in the middle of chaos, in the middle of things that are happening that's not right, in the middle of issues in your life, whether that's finances, whether that's relationship in your family, amongst your siblings, or a, a relationship towards friends, and even in the midst of chaos, the moment that you understand what this rest is all about, you can actually say, Lord, thank you. I can sit down. I do not need to overthink. I can actually sleep. I can actually enjoy the life that you gave me. I mean, the issue isn't done yet. But the moment you find rest, the moment you understand what this rest is all about, I tell you, that is more than enough. More than enough than your prayers are answered. Because the answer will come after that. But the moment you understand, Lord, I'm going to rest first. Chaos, chaos, issue, 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 problem, problem after problem. But the moment you say, Lord, I'm going to enjoy your rest first. So what is that all about? What is this rest we keep talking about? You know, when God rested, He did not command Adam and Eve to rest, if you've noticed in the Bible. Never did. Never did He command them to rest when God rested. Because during their time, when He made Adam and Eve, they were working, but their work came with rest. It's as if they're working, but they feel rested. There's no sense of tiredness. There's no sense of weariness. There's no sense of, of stress in everything that they're doing in the presence of God, when they were created. Because the original design is for work not to stress us. It's for, you know, for the things that we're, we're called to do. It's not meant to bring weariness into our lives. That's the original design. 
I mean, imagine working in a very stressful environment and you're the person na, if, you're in, if you work in the call center, dami na nagmumura sa'yo, pero ikaw, I'm okay. I used to work in a call center. <sighs> Every break time, I would go to the, to the, to the pantry and I'm like, Lord, thank you. But imagine receiving calls like that and you'll be, there's no stress, there's no weariness. In school where you have a deadline, where you have to finish a project, the deadline is in an hour, in an hour and you're still not done. The feeling that you would get is, I'm okay. I'm going to finish this. Rest, wow. Adam and Eve enjoyed, enjoyed that kind of life. No stress. While working, what happened? Why are we not in that world? Why are we not experiencing that design? Why are we not experiencing that kind of rest and peace and satisfaction that Adam and Eve have? Genesis 3.17, he says here, To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, and this is work started becoming hard for Adam and Eve. It says here, Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Because it, our bodies were perfect before. Hindi siya nabubulok. Hindi tumatanda. Our bodies were well rested in everything that we do. But when something happened, when Adam and Eve decided to eat that fruit and sin came into our lives, sin started destroying our bodies. Sin started producing decay into our lives. Sin started bringing death into us. Sin started destroying relationships. Sin started putting rejection into us. Sin started producing stress into us. Sin, when sin entered into our lives, it started producing entitlement. Meaning, when we're entitled, we're always saying, oh, I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve this, but why am I not getting it? And we get tired because of that. That's because of our sinful nature. When sin came into our lives, rejection happened. That even though we're working hard, we would always remember how our bosses would not promote us and reject us. And we're saying, I'm working really hard. Bakit wala naman nangyayari? This is, why, why am I still in, my, in this position? Why am I never promoted? That's because of the sinful nature that came into us. That's the, the stress that comes with that is because of our sinful nature. Because of sin. Because of Adam and Eve. This stress that we're talking about. Then every time you're trying to save up, Things would happen at home. May magkakasakit, mawawalan kayo ng, ng savings, and things would happen, and all of the things that you've worked hard for suddenly are gone, and you're like, oh, what's happening in our lives? That is still because of the sinful nature that came into the world. That's why rest looked impossible. Because of sin. Because of one man. Because I believe to understand Sabbath, to understand rest, the rest, the kind of rest, this kind of satisfaction that we're talking about. This is not just a day. This is not just a day. Oh, my, it's my Sabbath day. Tomorrow is my Sabbath day, Monday. I'm looking forward to that. More than a day. More than um, an ideal. Oh, I need to not work. I need to do this. More than that. Th- those are great. More than a concept. Because Sabbath can be a concept, but more than becoming a concept, more than just a vacation. Oh, I need the Sabbath. I'm going to take a vacation leave. That's great. Please do that if you feel like you need to. But more than taking a vacation 
and experiencing rest physically. More than that, I believe Sabbath is not just holy. It's not just experiencing rest. But real Sabbath, meaning real rest, the true kind of rest, is beyond all of those things. Because experiencing real Sabbath and experiencing real rest is actually experiencing a person. What does that mean? Hebrews 4, 1-4, to it says here, Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, and I'd like to call the music team up. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. This text is saying that there is this kind of rest that God promised. And that promise still stands. And a lot of people have heard this kind of promise, but a lot of people failed to enter this kind of rest. Verse 3, for we who have believed enter that rest, as he have said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work, where satisfaction, true satisfaction, true rest happened. This rest is very much available to us. Sometimes we can have that during the weekend, we're not working, but we're still worrying about the weekday ahead. Or we took a vacation just to take a break because of all the things that are happening. But even while on vacation, thoughts would come into your head. After the vacation, what will happen? After I finish my leave, what will happen? After this particular vacation, I will go back to the same issues that I've left. Even if we take the day off because we're so stressed and we're experiencing so much at work. There are so many issues that we have to face. Even after we take a break because of the issues, they're not solved. That partic- those particular issues are still in our head and it's saying, I may have taken a break, but my mind isn't. And we're tired. And God is saying that there is this particular rest that is far beyond that. And He has offered it to everyone, but not everyone has entered it. And His rest, it says in verse 2, for good news came to us just as to them. Good news that this rest can be found in this particular good news. And that this good news came in a form of a man when he lived our lives. He lived the life that we should have lived. What does that mean? Meaning, when Jesus Christ became man, he experienced the reason why he had to choose to become man. Because he can just choose to like go here on earth and die for our sins and then voila, everything's answered. But he chose to be born as a baby, to grow up, and to live our lives. That means that Jesus chose to experience all the issues, all the stress, all the negativity, all the pressures of life that we are going through every day. All the financial lack, all the all the things that we're experiencing, whether a stress because of a disease, a, uh, the kind of stress that we experience at work, that Jesus lived our lives, meaning Jesus chose to live our lives so that He can tell you, I know exactly what you're going through. 
I know exactly the situation that you are in right now. I know exactly the feeling that you are crying out to me every night when you're saying, God, when is this going to stop? God, when is this issue going to be solved? God, when is this sickness going to be healed? God, when is, when our, when our, when is our finances going to be solved, God? Lord, every time we were crying out, because Jesus lived our lives. He's saying, I know exactly what you're going through. Because He became man. And not only did He live our lives, He died the death that we should have died from. So all the stress, all the issues caused by sin, when He died on the cross, it died with Him. He destroyed the power of sin over our lives. But it did not remain there. Because after three days, He rose up again. He declared victory over our stress, over our issue. And you might be saying, kasama ba dun yung issue ko dun sa away namin ng kapatid ko, yung mga tampuhan namin? Yes. That's small, Pastor Edre. Yes. Imagine if God died for that small issue, that small stress that you may be going through. Imagine the kind of stress, if, if you consider it big, then imagine what Jesus is saying that He has died for that also. And when He lived after three days, He declared victory and declared to you, see that I can win over that particular issue that you're going through. I can win over that situation that you are with, with your sibling, with your mom, or with your dad. I can win this particular issue that you're going through now because of your finances. I can win this. I have won over this issue of the threats that you've been receiving because of this particular business decision that you've made, this choice that you feel like mali ata in decision ko. But even that, Jesus is saying, I have won over that. And because He won, He rose again after three days and did everything for us. The moment we come to Him and say, Lord, it's just too heavy. Lord, I'm tired. Lord, all this chaos in my head, it's making me crazy. I don't know how long will I last. I don't know how many hairs I have to pull out of my hair for just so that I won't feel, Lord, what I'm feeling right now. The moment you say, Lord Jesus, here it is. The Bible promised you are now about to enter rest. True rest can only be found in Jesus Christ. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden. And this is a promise, guys. In fact, you can tell this to God. Lord, you promised. Lord, you promised. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. And let me add this to that. Sometimes when we come to God, we're saying, Lord, as your servant, Lord, I've been serving in church. I've been separating my Sunday for you. When you come to that, in, when we come to God in that attitude, we're 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 we're, we're servants. But you know what? Every time, I, and this is a personal testimony, I would always remind myself that every time I would come to God and say, "Lord, 
Lord, you promised. I would also say, Lord, I'm your son. Lord, anak mo ko. Not because of entitlement. Not because, oh Lord, you answer this, huh? because uh, Lord, I'm your son. No, I, I come into a position that because Jesus Christ made me His son because of the cross, that God has made you His daughter because of His cross and because of His forgiveness and because of His love, that every time you would need rest, you enter the rest that Jesus has given you because of His good news. Lord, here it is. But I'm giving this to you, God, not as a servant, not as someone who has to, but I'm giving this to you, Lord, because you understand what I'm going through. You paid for this with your blood. But at the same time, God, Lord, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. And I will enter that rest. In fact, this is what we're going to be doing now. Can we all stand up? If you're here and you're saying, I want to enter that kind of rest. I'm troubled. There's so many storms in my life. There's so many chaos. I want to understand what that rest is. Take this time to ask God, Lord, I want to enter that rest that I can only get through you. As we worship God, this, this, this afternoon. Use it as a time of prayer. Offer everything that's been a burden in your life. Everything that's been bugging you. Everything that's been keeping you awake. Say, Lord, Lord Jesus, hear this. I put it on the feet of your cross. And get ready to experience the rest like never before. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.